When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Sunday, September 26th. I wonder who the Jets are going to lose to today, Mark. Oh, I see. It is the Broncos. It's the four o'clock game. So um, I will have to join in at around six to see where the damage is. I guess the only good news is that um, I have a shot at really sort of channeling my inner upstate person and root for Buffalo all in. That's really probably the best thing I could do at this point. All right. We digress. Today is Sunday. It is a football Sunday. And it is also Sunday, which means it's the second part of our interview with our guest. And our guest this weekend, a fantastic guest, Stacey Vanek-Smith. She is uh, one of the hosts of The Indicator. It's the NPR podcast. Very popular. It's fantastic. Stacy and I are friends, so that's why we sound so normal just talking to each other. And her book is called Machiavelli for Women, Defend Your Worth, Grow Your Ambition, and Win the Workplace. Here is the second part of our interview with Stacy Vanek-Smith. Talk a little bit about the hot box. What's the hot box and how is it applicable in our day-to-day lives of navigating our careers? I am not a natural athlete, Jill. I was on a t-ball team, though, early on, and I got a hit, which was very rare. <laughs> so it really Love that. it really imprinted. Um, but I was it was like I hit the ball. It was like a grounder or something. But I was running around bases and I was like running from second to third or first to second, I think. And the outfielder threw the ball to the second baseman. So the second baseman standing there holding the ball. But I wasn't at second base. I was between bases. So I turned around and ran back to first base. And the second baseman threw the ball to the first baseman. And so basically I was running back and forth and back and forth and I wasn't out, but there was no way I wasn't going to be out. And so that was the image that came into my head when I was looking at some of the research around women in the workplace, which is that there are these associations that people reveal. There's a big project at Harvard that has been that's that's amazing. And it you can take a quiz online where you see what associations you have. And of course, I had associations that horrified me. Uh, about my own gender. But one of the things that happens is so people, the qualities people associate with like a good woman, like qualities people think are are optimal in women are like compassion, modesty, nurturing, empathy. I mean, these are beautiful qualities, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with those things. I sure needs more of them. But the qualities people associate with a leader are assertive, doesn't care too much what people think, independent, strong, 
And so what happens when women get into mid-career or start getting into management and leadership positions is one of two things happens. If they are very kind, sweet, and sort of doing all the things that makes them a quote-unquote good woman, they will not be taken seriously for management positions or promoted. If they are displaying a lot of sort of assertive leadership qualities, people won't like them. And that can bite you too, right? Because it's like, yeah. it, you kind of leave a bad taste in people's mouths. People have made a lot of points that like politicians, like female politicians often struggle with this. If you are super nice, you never get anywhere. If mm. you're, you know, sort of assertive the way the men are, you can get a certain amount of the way, but then often there's a hard ceiling there because people are like, well, you yeah, know, she can do the job. She's competent. She's a leader. But I don't know. She just seems a little cranky. And meanwhile, like men just have a much greater latitude for how they can act and still be seen as credible leaders. And it's, so that's the hot box. You're sort of trapped between these two ex- sets of expectations and there's kind of no winning. I mean, on one hand, it's so believable. And I also think it sort of immobilizes us. Yeah. Because we do get stuck there. And you're sort of going, you're bouncing back and forth, right? And then and then you don't know how to get unstuck. It's like you can give yourself permission to get unstuck. But man, that is a rough, that's a rough place to be. There are some women who are not very nice to other women in the workplace. <laughs> it's true, yes. So I feel like there's a few types of people like that. One is... The older, like I call it the old 1980s investment banker, like tough crap, girly. I had to go through all this crap. I'm going to put you, it's like a hazing thing. I'm going to put you through the same hazing that any man would because I got through it. Yeah. So I dealt with that. I knew that on Wall Street. That was one type. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about more of like a contemporary who still seems to be really tough on other women. What advice do you have for people who encounter those kind of people in the workplace? Yes. I mean, this is something actually this was a chapter that came up later because so many of the women I talked to said, are you going to do a chapter on women who are like target other women in the workplace? So many people said that to me that I was like, well, you know, this is clearly an issue. And I started looking into it. And in fact, it this is a thing that happens really annoyingly. It is called the Queen Bee Syndrome. Ugh. But it happens in workplaces where there aren't very many women in high places. And so what develops is this sense of tokenism, right? It's mm. like, okay, there can be one girl. I'm the girl. So suddenly, like, any other woman becomes a threat, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, wait, she's younger than me. She's She can use slack. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I've got, I've got to take her out while she's still <laughs> new and fragile. Um, no, but this, this happens a lot. So what do you do? Someone does something to you, like an aggression um, on social media, in a meeting, whatever it is. You wait a bit for like, at least for me, like for the emotion to pass. I tend to be very emotional. And that's just like not a good place to be in to approach people like this because you want to be kind of firmly, to use a very new agey phrase, but I'm in Brooklyn. I'm drinking fancy, like in your power. Do you know what I mean? Like you want to be like grounded. You want to be like, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm not being emotional. I can like calm down. I can do this. Exactly. And then you you know, said, hey, I noticed this social media post. I was really surprised to see that. I'd love to talk with you about it. But that takes, it takes some courage to do that confrontation, but in a really professional way. You know, you're like, hey, I'd love to talk with you about this. And then just having the conversation, you know, hey, I noticed this post. It felt like it was about me. Like, is there something that you're wanting to say to me? 
But suddenly Machiavelli makes the point that <laughs> Machiavelli is a little cynical about people in general, but he's like, people are essentially a little bit lazy. And so if you make something troublesome or difficult, people are way less likely to do it. So if messing with you suddenly becomes like 30 minutes of like, let's talk and like, you know, uncomfortable conversations, people are a lot less likely to mess with you. I sort of feel like it's a little bit of the bully syndrome also. I worked with a woman who was really bad to women, really, really, really bad to women. And I noticed it. I called it out to some of her superiors and they were sort of like, eh, doesn't seem like that big a deal. It struck home for me because I was promised a bonus of a certain amount. I got the bonus and it was half the amount I was promised. Jeez. And so I went, I went to, yes. And I went to this woman and I had lots of information. In other words, I had gone like five levels ahead of her, above her, because I knew some people who were higher ups. And I went to find out, like, did everyone take a haircut on their bonus or is it just me? No, no, no. Like the division got full bonuses. You should have gotten this full bonus. Da, da, da. And so I then went into her office. I had said, do you have some time? I'd like to talk about the bonus situation. And she was a very scattered person in many ways. Oh, and that's a defense. That's a powerful defense mechanism. Oof. Oh, there's no time. I'm sorry. I'm on deadline. Yeah. And so um, I said, that, that's fine. I'll, I can wait till you're, you know, you're, you're ready to focus. And then <laughs> um, I shut the door. And uh, this is what I said, which is, I am not proud of this. So again, you put yourself out there in the book. And I think that that's like, that takes a lot of courage. So I said to her, I was given half my bonus. And she goes on and starts like sputtering nonsense. And I looked at her and I said, you know, on one hand, I think you're just a liar. And on the other hand, I think you think I'm stupid. <laughs> and I said, I don't know which one's worse. Oh. Don't mess with Jill. It was not. It was tense. And she was like backtracking and she blamed someone else. And I said, I know that's not the case. And I said, I want to be clear. I will never forget this. How you screwed me on this. And there is nothing you can do except send me the money you owe me to make it right. And that was it. And the weirdest thing happened. Like I did screw on something like they thought I was going to do something. I was going to stay on and I left and they were like freaking out that I left. Why were you leaving? It was so obvious. And she threw me a going away party, Whoa. like a huge party like that you would have done for your best friend. The whole thing is the weirdest thing ever. And I was like, why did I lose my crap with her? I shouldn't have ever said anything, but you know, whatever. I did it. And that's why I think when the situation comes up, like every time I feel somewhat disappointed in a woman, I handle it so much better every time it happens. But it's happened quite a bit in my career, I have to be honest. Well, this does happen a lot because I think there often is a feeling of like scarcity when you get to a certain position as a woman. You know, it's like, oh, that movie, The Highlander, you know, it's like there can be only one. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's there's a feeling of and also if you don't feel super powerful in the workplace, it can be tempting to want to pick on other people. You know, this is like, you know, there's always the classic story of the bully who's being bullied by a parent or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I think I mean, obviously, bullying does not come from a place of like great confidence or, you know, personal empowerment. Right. It comes from fear. Yeah. And I think a lot of women are scared often in the workplace. They're scared and they feel insecure and they see someone coming up and they 
it's just like you're the person who's a little lower on the pecking order. You know, it's like you're the person that they think they can get away with picking on. I think your reaction with this woman, the thing that I think she probably responded to was it was totally genuine. You were I mean, it was very emotional and maybe you'd want to do it differently. But, you know, it was honest. It was genuine. It was an honest reaction. And it was not a victim reaction at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing that's interesting as I retell the story and I hear myself say it is that I had every advantage in the world because I was the person who came in at a different point where I had financial security. I had saved a lot of money. It's like all the things that make you more confident. And as you said, like a lot of people, they don't have the confidence to be able to do it. But part of the reason you don't have the confidence, you need your goddamn job. Yeah. And so you sit there and you do take it. And I think that one of the reasons why I have been like always banging the drum that women like you need to be able to create some safety net for yourselves is that you just you don't know and you don't want to be in that position. I think that's the word. It's so it's so debilitating. It really is. Okay, do you need some help? Are you are you in the hot box? Are you between one place and another and you don't know how to get out of either end? You don't know what to do? Why don't you give us a shout? You can always send us your career questions, your money questions. Just go to jillonmoney.com, hit the contact button, or you can email us, askjill at jillonmoney.com. While you're on the website, you can always subscribe to our sister broadcast. It's called Eye on Money. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. We would very much be appreciative if you could lift somebody up today. Maybe it's a Jets fan. They'll need your help. No, someone real. Come on. Grit, growth, grace, little gratitude. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.